You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, it's level three. Angelo Zara's uh, kicking it with us. We got Big Card Julio in the house. We're going to talk some Big Ten uh, football a little bit uh, later on, but right now we're just blasting through the World Cup, having a good time here. There are some countries that we haven't brought up at all, actually. I don't think we've talked enough about Spain coming into this tournament. Somehow we haven't talked about Germany enough. Um, we can't discount these guys. Are the Dutch sleepers? Are the Netherlands sleepers? Like, sort of looking at sleepers here. So I got to, I'm just to blast through the teams here. So Argentina aren't a sleeper. They're one of the favorites. Belgium are good, but I don't I don't think they're going to be winning anything. Brazil are really good. They, the Brazil, I'll give credit to Brazil. Brazil are very good. I think Canada could be a potential dark horse, like to make some noise and get out of the group. Thing is, if Canada finishes second in their group, which they're not going to finish first, but if they finish second, they would actually play Spain, who I have winning the group. I got Spain winning and Germany finishing second. So Canada would play Spain. That would be pretty tough. Um... I'll ask you guys, uh, I'll ask all you guys what you think of, like, sleepers here. I'm scrolling here. Are the Netherlands a sleeper? Are Portugal a sleeper? Who's the sleeper? Matthias, I'll ask you first. Who's the sleeper, Matthias? Who's a, a sleeper team that we're not talking about here? I think Denmark. I'll put Denmark as a sleeper. Come, a team coming in with a lot of motivation. A team with a, a team that, you know, did well They're good. in the Euros. A team that has two wins in that in that group of theirs, I think. Wait Very for. physical. Yeah, big big center backs, you know, talented team. Oh, Good they're great on corner kicks. Hey, I, I, you know what? We don't put enough definition on, on which teams have the best goalkeepers because at the end of the day, a lot of goalkeepers are going to make mistakes. You know, the World Cup has tons of pressure. We see goalkeepers make big mistakes left and right. So you don't have a confident goalkeeper who knows how to run that box. You know, you're going to have a lot more clean sheets. You're going to, you know, a lot less goals are going to go in your net. And that's what Denmark has. They got a great goalkeeper. Angelo, who's a dark horse country that we're not talking about enough? Well, it's funny. Uh, Matisse kind of stole my thunder there. Actually, I, I took uh, Denmark to win Group D over France, to be honest. Ooh. Just, just because we've seen since Italy win in the World Cup in 2006, right? They started a trend. You win the World Cup, and then the following World Cup, you miss out on the group stage, right? So I have, yeah, I have Denmark winning that group. I took uh, Serbia to advance, and I also took Serbia to score over three and a half goals because for them to advance to the knockout round, I believe they're going to score at least over three and a half goals. It is, there is a trend. Uh, Angelo does soccer at pickwise.com, uh, and there is a trend as far as the World Cup champions getting bounced, actually. Um, in the last four World Cups, the defending champions have all got bounced in the group stage, but I can't let that scare me. Julio, who's a dark horse, do you think, Julio? Uh, I love Uruguay. A couple of young young players playing at a high level in big clubs, Real Madrid and Liverpool, respectively. 38-1, uh, to 1, I think Uruguay can get themselves a good matchup in the quarters and the uh, semifinals. And I'm a big, uh, big Portugal guy, Dave, at 14, uh, 15 to 1.
the late night anger management class. This is Fortrage. I am Ramsey. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people of Bustler, but everybody else in between was throwing it down. Countdown to kickoff is on in Qatar. Uh, as far as uh, football in North America is concerned, the Green Bay Packers suck. All right, there, there we go. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates. The Packers season is officially done. Couldn't even pick up like half a yard on a fourth and one late. It's not all just the wide receivers uh, either. You know what's surprising about tonight? And great game plan by the Tennessee Titans. There was so much talk about Derrick Henry. And Tennessee are that good where they're like, all right, you guys got to stack the box and stuff. We'll just have Tannehill drop back and play pitch and catch. It was it was shocking how open the Tennessee Titan wide receivers uh, were. But the Tennessee Titans are always a team that people don't take as a legitimate threat. Thing is, the Titans are one of these teams that they do their thing in the regular season. Then they sort of... You know, they hit a wall once they get, they don't have that next level. You know what I mean? They're sort of, you know what I mean? They they're, they're, they play hard every week. They're well coached. They're prepared, but they're talent challenged. And once you get into the playoff, talent sort of steps up. Uh, the Buffalo Bills have a lot of talent, but fans of Buffalo won't get to see it until December the 11th because, oh no, it's snowing. I'm old enough to remember when a snowstorm in Buffalo was just another Sunday. Uh, now it means they've got to play in Detroit. What's pretty crazy about this, and we will get back to uh, Big Card Julio and Angelo. In a, in a couple of moments on the other side uh, for another segment, we'll get their soccer final best bets for the World Cup. But um, what's amazing about this, the Buffalo Bills are actually playing the Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving. So the Bills' next two games are in Detroit. And you know what? At least the people in Detroit, for once, will get to see a professional football team. I mean, the closest thing to a pro football team that people have uh, seen in the state of Michigan in the last 80 years are the Michigan Wolverines. Um, this like seriously, <laughs> they should be giving tickets to Detroit Lion fans, season ticket holders, just to sort of say, listen, we feel bad for you. You guys have never really seen a real football team here. The Buffalo Bills are playing, although the Buffalo Bills have actually been struggling as of late. And all the talk about the snowstorm, I think, has overshadowed the fact that the Buffalo Bills have like a million injuries right now. And I don't want to use the C word um, and COVID, but I don't know if they if they have COVID, but. You know, a lot of uh, air coat illnesses going around suddenly. The Raptors had COVID the other day. Josh Allen is sick, not just hurt. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. All right, here's an odds boost uh, here. Argentina, correct score, 3-0, plus 650. All right, Messi, first goal score of the game, plus 225. All right, match result, Argentina to win, Messi to score two or more in the match. And over three goals combined in the game. Is Messi going to score twice in the first game? 
It's asking a I lot. I think Lautaro Martinez is going to score at least two goals in the first game, Gabe. Strike they have a, they, center they striker. Have a, they have a prop for him. Martinez to score any time in the match and over two goals in the match. It's not bad, that one. That's plus 300. Latoro Martinez. No, yeah. score once. I just said to score oh, okay. any time in the match and over two goals combined and over two goals in the game, like the, the team scored. Um, Perfect. Oh, hell yeah. Absolutely. Plus 300. Uh, yeah, because you figure you figure there the game's going to be like, I don't know, what, three or four nothing? I don't think it'll just be two. Julio? What's your what's your prediction? That game's Monday morning. What's your prediction? Uh, I'm playing Argentina, over one and a half. I'm playing over one and a half goals in the first half, plus one forty three. So I think look, I think Argentina's going to come out guns blazing in this match. Uh, let's go Argentina four nil. We can get a good number on that. Uh, I think Argentina, yeah, four nil at ten to one. Angela, final score prediction. What do you think? I don't have a final score prediction, but I think they're going to crush them. So I've taken them on the alternate Asian line as yeah. the handicap at minus three and a half. I think they're going to kill them, to be honest, because last I remember last World Cup, Russia killed Saudi Arabia 5 nothing, And I know things changed within four years, but I think Argentina, they're just going to come out blazing. So I, think I agree. Listen, by four, <laughs> by four goals. I said Monday morning, Monday night slash overnight, early Tuesday. I guess uh, it is. Uh, um, um, Argentina minus two goals is basically like minus one hundred five. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad bet, actually, Julio. You know, and Matias. I'll pull the trigger on that because uh, I at worst they win two nil, but I think they win three or four nil. But I don't want to stress it out. Maybe we play both correct scores, 3 nothing and 4 nothing. It's probably not a bad way of looking. I don't know if they win 5 nothing, but uh, what do you – it's not bad. I'm going to lay the two goals here, Julio. I'm going to lay the two at Argentina. Yeah, I think, I think all of those are great strategies. Uh, if you're looking to lean on the lighter side, maybe Argentina to keep a clean sheet. So they necessarily don't have to win, but just Saudi Arabia not scoring – but yeah, three nothing, four nothing. I think Argentina come out and, and play pretty well. You could do halftime, full time. There's a, a lot, a lot of markets you can really attack in this match. What do you think, Julio? What are you doing with Senegal and the Netherlands? Oh man, you know I was high a couple of weeks ago, Gabe, with Sario Mane, thinking he was going to be a part of that team, but. I, I think the Dutch win. I'm willing to go over two and a half goals. I think it's Senegal get something through. Um, but, I mean, right now it's minus 175. So, I I just play the goals market over two and a half goals at uh, plus 112. All right. And, Julio, what are you going to do um, with the England-Iran match? That one is Monday morning. I'm going to do uh, England team total over uh, one and a half goals at uh, minus 150. I don't mind that, actually. What do you think, Angelo, of England and Iran? Uh, I'm just looking now. I think England can score at least two or three goals. I'm going to take England and over two and a half at plus 150 here. I like it. I like Julio's. Uh, I like your head over one and a half for England to score. I do think they'll score a couple of goals here. I think they'll uh, they'll open things up and start off with a bang uh, here. Okay, so uh, Angelo, we appreciate your time. What are some of your best bets you want to share with us? Props, group wins, parlays, whatever. What do you got for us? Bang, you know, got a minute or two here before we get to Julio's. We got about four minutes, so two minutes with you, Angelo. So what do you what do you got as far as your best bets, Julio, uh, Angelo? So just to go over again, I got Canada over two and a half goals to in minus 140s in the group stage. Uh, my other best bet, I, I truly believe Denmark's going to win Group D at plus 225. Uh, I got England and Wales to advance at plus 162, and Croatia to and Canada to advance at plus 1400. And then the game Canada versus Belgium, I'm taking the over two and a half. And I'm taking Canada on the alternate Asian line, plus one and a half at minus 166. And for any time goal score, I'm taking David at plus 130 or pl- 
plus three, 333 and Kyle Lauren at plus 375. Those are my best bets. Julio, before we get you out of here, your World Cup best bets and your college football best bets. All right. Uh, lowest scoring team, World Cup, Costa Rica, plus 650. Saudi Arabia, plus 650. Qatar at 12-1. to 1. Tunisia, we haven't talked much. Tunisia, 14-1 to 1 to be the lowest scoring nation. U.S. to not qualify at minus 138. Canada to qualify at 3-1. to 1. Senegal to not qualify, minus 125. Uh, we mentioned earlier both teams to score. That's one of my best bets. Canada, Belgium, minus 106, and both teams to score. College football, Gabe, UConn plus 9.5 against Army. Illinois plus 17.5. I think Michigan win, but uh, I think Illinois maybe sneak through Homer. the uh, back door. Homer. <laughs> plus 17 and a half. Uh, let's go upsets Hawaii 3 to 1 plus 3 uh, plus 315 against UNLV. Oregon uh, plus 114 against Utah. All right. Big weekend coming up here. Big, big weekend of action. College basketball is uh, off and running. NHL hockey. And uh, we got the World Cup, NFL football. Even though I'm still mad at myself for actually stupidly taking the um, Green Bay Packers tonight. Absolutely pathetic. Absolutely brutal. But uh, Julio, always a pleasure, my man. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. JN Reports uh, on uh, Twitter. Stay safe, uh, Julio. It's always a pleasure, my man. Appreciate it, Gabe. Good luck, everybody. Take care. There's uh, Julio uh, with us, and uh, Angelo, thank you for uh, for taking the time to be with us uh, as well. You can follow uh, Angelo on uh, Twitter at um, Paz, PazaPix, Angelo Zera, and uh, find him over at PickWise.com. Enjoy the tournament. Uh, we'll see you online. We'll speak uh, down the road in the tournament. Thank you uh, for joining us, Angelo. Thank you, Gabe. Appreciate it, and may the winners be yours, as you would say. Yeah, let's get it. May the winners be all of ours. Uh, excited for this tournament. We're going to really start clicking away and firing away here. Um, we, we really have been. There's really just so many options with these props and everything. So the Qatar and the Ecuador game, the, the tweet really didn't move anything too much. It moved like 10 cents and stuff. The markets are betting on Qatar, but the number didn't get crazy. The global markets aren't going to react to just one tweet. They need to see the money, right? So for them, if they saw suspicious activity coming in and the amount of money, uh, maybe the money hasn't come in yet on it. Maybe they, maybe it was, a, you know, who knows? Who knows? All I know is, uh, listen, I think this game is going under the number. I think the game is going under the number. So we've got some Big Ten football talk. All right, we'll get back to the soccer uh, but we got some Big Ten uh, football talk coming up here. It's the calm before the storm, but it's still a big weekend this weekend uh, in college football. Michigan get Illinois, Ohio State um, get um, get Maryland. I like where Julio's going with UConn and Army. UConn have been one of the stories of the year, man. Jim Mora Jr. has done a hell of a job with this program. TCU, two-and-a-half-point road favorites. At Baylor. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more 
as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey, I'll give you something to cry about, you loser. You can't catch a football? Let's see if you can catch a rock. <laughs> Late night anger match for class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Ramsey. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. <laughs> I'm looking at Twitter right now, and I really hope it doesn't get uh, shut down because I just got a nice little chuckle here by seeing uh, Just Beat Ohio State is trending uh, right now. Um, all right, so the Boston Bruins. This is, you know, I've been killing most of my future bets. We smoked them. We tell people to get into the future market, but people today. Let's just be real. Like George Carlin said, I retweeted it today. It's a good quote from uh, from him. What did he say? He said, just imagine uh, how stupid you think people are. He goes, they're actually, you know, even twice as stupid as you think they are. <laughs> right? So, and in today's world, in today's world, I swear, look, I was born in 1970, right? So, I've been around a while, and... People are by far the stupidest that, like, like people, like, we're, we're regressing massively. We're getting dumber by the minute type of thing. So, I understand a lot of people don't have the patience, like, longer than, like, you know, seven seconds to let alone, like, bet something in the future or analyze stuff. It's just sort of, like, instant gratification and just a bunch of jackasses. Um... But there's, you know, if you want to make money, there's money in futures. Problem is, you know, you have to bet like, you know, kind of real money. And the loudest people that talk the most are the ones that are betting like the least. But I will admit, we're about to get like hit in the face with a puck here with some of our hockey futures. I personally blame Andrew McKinnis for this. He's lucky I like him because <laughs> I don't like messing with the Boston Bruins. But I did buy in. Uh, all kidding aside, we love. Uh, I did buy in. That you know what the Bruins can't be good forever. They're getting older, and you know what I mean. It was one of those deals. Well, whatever, man. The the, the Boston Bruins are just the fifth team in NHL history to begin a season on a ten-game win streak at home. Longest winning streaks in the NHL to begin a uh, uh, a season at home. Chicago Blackhawks, 1963-64, 11. Florida Panthers, last year, 11. Ottawa Senators in 1925-26, 10. If you're wondering about the Senators, yeah, they used to exist in the early 1900s, but then they they did it, and then they came back like 30 years ago, whatever. Um, the Montreal Canadiens won their first 10 home games in 2016-17, and now the Boston Bruins. So something to keep our eye on from a betting perspective that – the all-time NHL record is 11 to start off the season with 11 straight home wins. Boston are now at 10. Are they going to break the streak? Is it going to catch up to them? Let's see uh, Boston's um, Boston's schedule and who they have coming up. Because it will start to, you know, they'll be aware, okay, like we're two games away from an all-time NHL record. Philadelphia hung around in this game. So Saturday, Saturday night, the Chicago Blackhawks are in Boston. And the um, the Bruins are going to be big favorites in that game. Then the Bruins go to Tampa Bay. They can't play every game at home. Then the Bruins are in Florida. And then it's the Hurricanes at Bruins. Yeah, they're going to be in tough to pull this off. Then it's the Lightning at Bruins. Then it's the Avs at Bruins. Then it's the Golden Knights at Bruins. Pretty favorable schedule the Bruins have here. Like, uh, not favorable, tough games, but a lot of home games they played. Something to think about, like, in the grand scheme of things. But they really are just racking up the points right now. 
So, yeah, the Boston Bruins, they it, it shouldn't be a surprise, I guess. It shouldn't be a surprise because the Bruins are like the, I don't know, they're like the, the New England Patriots or something. They're better than New England Patriots. Like, the Patriots actually won more Super Bowls, but you know what I mean? Like, the Boston Bruins are a freaking consistent franchise. They are. Like, they've been good forever. Like, one of the Bruins ever, like, sucked, sucked. Like, never. Right? They've, they've fallen short a lot. The Canadians used to always get in their way in the 70s. Um, the Canadians got in their way in the 90s. Like the Canadians have been a thorn in the Bruins' side. Like, the Bruins have had some really good teams and lost to Montreal and been upset or lost to the great Canadians' teams. But they are a rock-solid organization. Another massive surprise. But we cashed this ticket. Uh, we cashed this ticket tonight, in which we we finally learned our lesson. Listen, I bet against the New Jersey Devils on a couple of occasions, and now I, I've learned my lesson. The Devils are just a good hockey team. Sometimes you have to just throw out, like, the perception or what the, the analysts or the experts thought coming into the season and just, you know, start betting with your eyes. A good example was, like, Golden State last night. Like, Golden State were two-point favorites at Phoenix. I said on the TV show, I said before the game, I said, why are they favored at Phoenix? They haven't won a road game. And I said, they're favorites at Phoenix because they're the Golden State Warriors. They're because of what their jersey says, not because of how they're playing basketball, right? Like, you have to bet not due to what, like, the public perception is or don't bet due to what, like, the analyst said to you. Bet with what you see. If you think a team, I'm telling you, there's too much of this talk about, oh, well, they could be looking ahead and all this handicapper crap and numbers this, and they average 318 yards per game on the ground and all this type of stuff. You know, just ask yourself, all right, I've watched these teams play. Who do you think is better? That's actually like one of my biggest, you know, I swear a lot of handicappers don't actually watch the games. Point blank. They just go by, oh, they average 4.8 yards per rush, or they average this, and they, oh, they they shoot this from the outside. They're not watching the games. I, you know what I mean? Right? So they're just solely betting the numbers. Right? They're solely betting numbers. Okay, if it works for you. Like, I don't criticize any system that works for anybody. So I'm not criticizing people's systems. But for me... Like, when I place, like, you know, big bets on games or whatever, on fights or something, it's not because of numbers or, you know what I mean? It's because I think this team is better than the other team. Like, if I'm really, like, serious about it and stuff, like, I'm putting real money on stuff, it won't be because, oh, well, they average this and they average that and stuff. Good for you. Like, you know what I mean? I don't care what you average. Unless it's baseball, it doesn't matter what your average is. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the Tennessee Titans are a classic example of this. The Tennessee Titans scored their first touchdown in the fourth quarter tonight. They're having a great season. They haven't scored a single touchdown in the fourth quarter all year. Every stat nerd and geek will tell you they suck. We've heard them. We've heard the guests on our show say they actually suck. They're just good in the red zones. Well, I don't know. I actually said at the time... I said, well, wouldn't it be better to actually be good in the red zone offensively and defensively than just be one of these jerk-off teams that goes up and down the field and goes nowhere all the time in between the 20s? Right? Like, so the numbers guys will tell you that somehow Tennessee are fraudulent and it's a bad thing because they're only good in the red zone. And, I don't know, football people will tell you, well, it's a good thing because they actually man up, they score touchdowns, and they stop you from scoring touchdowns. I saw, like, a numbers guy today on TV talking about basketball, and I like numbers, so I don't discount all numbers. I do respect computer projections and stuff, but, um, man, there was some geeky dude today on TV talking about the NBA and why some guy's struggling and stuff. It's like, bro, you couldn't make a YMCA pickup team, all right? Like, if a bunch of old geriatrics were playing ball, I bet you you would suck, and you couldn't, like, hit a shot, like, if you were three feet away from the basket. So don't start spewing off about why a guy, well, the analytics, and if he shoots from here or there, maybe the dude's in a slump. Maybe his wife is leaving him. Maybe he just lost $100 million in crypto cash, jackass. You have no idea why he's struggling. You can come up with all this little number crap because you came up with this stuff because you have a job on TV doing it and coming up with it, right? So good for you. 
Well, his percentage in here, and his ADP, and his WOPA, and his DOPA, and his CRAPA, and his SOPA, whatever. You know what I mean? All this crap. You know nothing about their personal life. You know nothing if they have a little injury that you don't know about that his shot is off because his wrist is about to fall off. And he didn't tell you. But you know everything, right? I love all these guys, too. All these people. They've never even been to a game. <laughs> Let alone been in a locker room. You ever, met a, you ever had beers with a player? You ever hung out with an athlete? You ever gone to a strip club and gotten a real story? You know, you ever hung out with a coach and got a real story about what the team's going out with the team? You know, people think they know things. Last week, I was one of the few people that said, I don't know if Josh Allen's not playing. Oh, no, no, he's not going to play. And what did I say last week? My exact words. We don't know. What did I say? Find the damn tape. I said, we don't know. I, people, I'm right, see, is he going to play? What did I tell people? I said, I'll be one of the only people in the media that will tell you I don't know. And my point blank answer was, I don't know. I'm not in the room. I don't know. Josh Allen didn't tell me secretly how his elbow feels. Sean McDermott did not tell me. And they didn't tell anyone in the media either. So I don't know. I don't think the Buffalo Bills knew. Right? It wasn't like some secret all along they knew he was going to play. No. He felt better. I told you guys that the injury that he had, it was a 24-hour thing at a time. That each day it could progressively feel a lot better. And it did. Right? Everyone knew, though. Oh, they're all doctors suddenly. Shut up. Modern media. Everybody knows, got to know everything. And then the handicappers know everything. And the, the fantasy nerds know everything. And then the, everyone's a freaking doctor. And they know everything. Every quarterback sucks. Everybody, like, it's just, it's, it's endless. It's not hard just to say, I don't know. We'll find out. Tim May will step up, and he's been covering the Buckeyes for like 50 years. Go blue. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Ball fan, every game counts, not just the big games. And we've got a massive game on deck, but the Michigan Wolverines take on Illinois this weekend. Ohio State are at Maryland. Let's bring in a man who knows OSU football as well as anybody in the country. He's covered them for 42 years with the Columbus Dispatch. Now on Letterman Row, Tim May steps up and in. Tim, always a pleasure. Thank you for taking the time to be with us. Hey, anytime, my brother, anytime. So, Tim, I want to ask you if there was any sort of danger or concern about a letdown for Ohio State before this football game, but they absolutely murdered Michigan State last year, the week before they played the Wolverines. They do get Maryland. It is on the road. What's your take on the final step before they host the Michigan Wolverines? 
I don't mean to be a smart aleck, but you're not going to know until uh, about 7 o'clock on Saturday night did they show up with their game face on, like you just pointed out. Uh, they definitely did that a year ago against Michigan State, and then promptly in the second half against Michigan got blasted. <laughs> so uh, all sides indicate that Ohio State's going to be focused on this game. They understand what's at stake. They're not just playing to get to a conference championship game. They're playing to get to a national championship game. So uh, that's all good cliche kind of stuff. But the bottom line is I think they understand what's at stake. They've been having a little bit of a, I don't know, challenge from the standpoint of running back situation. You, you saw their uh, number two running back, Mike Williams, hop off the field last week. Uh, the number one running back, Travion Henderson, was not available, although those guys were really 1A and 1B. Uh, there's a chance that you might see a freshman started running back on Saturday night named Dallin Hayden. My point is uh, – you know, not all not all the parts are working like they'd like at this point in the season, but that goes for any football team. There's a good chance either Mayan Williams or Travion Henderson will start that game too. Uh, Ryan Day is very coy uh, or very close to the best when it comes to injury situations. But you just get the sense this team understands what the uh, mission is, for want of another term, and is, is uh, champing at the bit to uh, take care of business. Let me ask you, because I know that Coach Ryan Day understands what the Michigan is. In his words, beat the team up north, win the Big Ten championship, and win the national championship. So let me ask you, you know, because for me, it's fascinating. I, I, I want to ask you, does he enjoy the ride? Because, you know, life is about the journey as well. And he is just so, you know, he is hell-bent on accomplishing these goals. And, you know, most people, <laughs> most coaches, you're 44 and 4. I don't know if there's ever been so much pressure on a coach that is 44 and 4. I guess that's what I'm getting at. Because there is pressure. Because if he loses this game to Michigan this year, you know, all hell is going to break loose. And we're talking about a coach that is 44 and 4 right now. Talk to me about the dynamic of the situation that Coach Ryan Day is in. Yeah, the only person who really knows the uh, maybe the angst he deals with on a daily basis is him. He, you know, in my opinion, he keeps a pretty good uh, veneer out there. I mean, um, he, he's he's a pleasant guy to deal with, at least uh, from a media standpoint. Uh, he understands what's at stake. I mean, he put the stakes out on the table at the Big Ten meetings way back in July. I mean, uh, last year, eleven and two, they, they went eleven and two and won the Rose Bowl, and that wasn't good enough. He understands that. I mean, you know, I'm not sure I totally agree with him on it, but those are the the pressures that come with with Power Five conference, uh, power five conference coaches in general. And then the elite of those in particular, the elite programs, you look at Alabama right now and Alabama's pretty much out of the running for, for its major, uh, the major goal it has every year, which is not just play for win a national championship, but Nick Saban and that team showed up last week against Ole Miss and won that game. So, uh, you know, I think Ryan day understands the pressure. Uh, uh, he, he copes with the pressure, deals with the pressure. Uh, but what what he's really feeling only he knows deep inside. Uh, but he understands the uh, the expectation, and the expectation is basically perfection as far as a record goes. Now I think that's a little far fetched, as I said earlier. But it is what it is at this point. We're in conversation with Tim May talking OSU football uh, right now. So many players we could talk about and ask you about, but I want to ask you about Marvin Harrison Jr. For people that don't get to see a lot of Ohio State football, just how good is he? How does he compare to his father, in your opinion? So many great recruits. He just sort of exploded onto the scene uh, this year. What's you know? What can you tell people that haven't seen Marvin Harrison Jr. play about him? I do a little podcast. I do a couple of podcasts a week, and one of them is called Urban's Take. It's uh, about 20 minutes with Urban Meyer every week. comes out on Wednesday. You can get it at on3.com. But the bottom line is uh, he thinks he thinks Marvin Harrison Jr. is not just the best receiver in the country. He thinks he's the best football player in the country, college football player in the country. And uh, that pretty much says it all. A guy that won three national championships seeing, seeing Marvin Harrison Jr. for what he really is. Basically, the way I explain him to people who've never seen him, and I can't believe no one's seen him at this point. He's he's been on the highlight reels almost every week somewhere. He's a taller, perhaps as fast, if not faster, and bigger version of his dad, Marvin Harrison, who happens to be in the Pro Football (laughs) Hall of Fame as a receiver. And he catches everything, my man. He catches everything. And, you know, that catch he had last week where along the sidelines where he leaped up, came down, and had the wherewithal 
in a, in a split second to think I've got to get my right foot back down before my left foot because his left foot was well out of bounds. It was one of the more amazing catches you're going to see. But he's, he's had about one of those every week now. I mean, uh, the reach over at, at Michigan State, and I could name about six others. But he's phenomenal. He's worth the price of admission, that's for sure. And he's been accountable this year. He's been available. And that's the biggest thing about him. He's not just some uh, prima donna, you know, uh, sensitive, uh, sensitive big-time star. Man, he works his rear end off. You see him out there every day. You show up at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center, the indoor field. There's a good chance you're going to walk in there, and he and a buddy of his are going to be working on the jugs machine, catching passes. Um, I asked him one time if his hands get sore, and he goes, yeah, but that's part of catching passes. So that's the kind of work ethic this young man has. Uh, father of a superstar, but you sure couldn't tell it. Except, yeah. except for the way he plays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except for the way he plays it. So I thought the first time I saw him, I'm like, oh, my God. He's just like his father, except bigger. And his father had it played with a chip on his shoulder, but wasn't the biggest guy. And great hands, as you stated, ultra consistent. How do you compare? And, you know, you've seen so many OSU quarterbacks. But, you know, if you were going to describe or sort of capsule C.J. Stroud's career, and I know there's still chapters to be written here, but how do you compare C.J. Stroud to past OSU quarterbacks, and what do you think his future is in, in the NFL? Well, I always had this caveat, my man. Uh, I would like to have seen Troy Smith run this offense. Troy Smith was a great passer. Uh, poise, could scramble, scrambled extremely well when he had to, etc. But of all the guys I've seen come through here, this, this guy might be the best in terms of just running this passing offense, and now he's running a little bit. Justin Fields is a phenomenal athlete, and he was extremely good in this offense. You know, just go back and watch the, the video of the Clemson, Ohio State Clemson college football playoff semifinal in 2020 and tell me what you think. Uh, that sums him up. And you've seen what he's done with the Bears now. He just wants to win the game, and if it takes him running 175 yards a game to do it, he's willing to do it. Uh, C.J. Stroud's not that kind of runner, but he can be an effective runner. But, but he is as good putting the ball where it's supposed to be as anybody I've ever seen. Uh, forget about just Ohio State quarterbacks. I mean, he's extremely accurate, uh, has great touch on the ball, can throw it, can throw every pass in the book, and uh, can put extreme heat on it when he has to. So, and, and then he's a, I don't know how to explain it, he's a glutton for preparation. I mean, he's always studying video. He can, he can dissect a play inside out. Uh, tell you what, what every defender was doing on almost every play when you ask him about one. Uh, yeah, he throws a bad pass every now and then, but that's every now and then, like every other week or something. Most of the time, he's pretty much on on target. And, you know, what more can you say about a quarterback? He's a big-time leader. His team follows him. Uh, there's no doubt about who the leader is on this team. So uh, that pretty well sums it up. Oh, he's also extremely God-fearing. So there you go. You got that also. It's good to be God fearing. <laughs> it's good. It's good to be God fearing. Even if you, even if you don't, even if you have some doubts about it, you still ought to sort of fear it. <laughs> yes, yes. At least he knows you were scared after. <laughs> That's my point. Yeah. I'm not saying I ever made mistakes, Tim, but at least he knows. Listen, so I'm sorry about that. I am scared of the, the reprisals uh, here. So, Tim, before we get you out of here, and I read a great, um, a great, a, I read a great uh, column on on three from the committee talking about what they see the differences between. Michigan and Ohio State and they really didn't see that many differences and they said that's why they're ranked two and three but I don't think there's any question is there they're not both getting in right they're both not getting in it's as simple this is winner take all isn't it and you know, got to win the Big Ten championship game after but and 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 as a Big Ten guy I would justifiably say you know, because a lot of people complain, oh, the SEC always gets two teams in and, and this and that. But the fact is, Michigan and Ohio State's, I don't even think it's really their fault. We can talk about their non-conference schedule, but the Big Ten wasn't great this year, and the SEC is really good this year. So it's it's winner-take-all, isn't it, with Michigan and Ohio State? Not to both of them are getting in. Or is there a slim chance they do? What's your take? Oh, my take is uh, I think the SEC's got two really great teams in it, and uh, one that's pretty good in LSU coming on strong. But I don't think the I don't think the SEC is as I mean is any more overwhelming than the than the Big Ten. I mean the Big Ten West is a mess. But you know you're not going to do you're not going to know who's playing in the Big Ten championship game until next Saturday about what about eight o'clock. I mean Ohio State and Michigan are going to decide the East, and there's four teams in contention in the West. I know the West, as I said, is a mess. And uh, 
they're a lot of like uh, really right home to mama kind of uh, teams there. But you look at the SEC, I think SEC has been to a certain extent a disappointment this year. Uh, with Texas A&M falling flat on its face, Arkansas yeah. getting all this hype at the beginning of the year, whatever. But uh, here's what has to happen. Obviously, if Tennessee wins out, there's a good chance Tennessee wins out. Uh, if it can get past Vanderbilt. <laughs> uh, uh, if Georgia wins out and it plays at Kentucky this week, I know Kentucky's coming off a ridiculous loss to Vanderbilt, but we'll see what happens there. But, you know, yeah, you got to believe that if Ohio State or Michigan, whichever one loses that game, Tennessee is the team probably slotted to move on, to move back into the Final Four if, in fact, it wins out. But there's a lot of football left to be played, my friend. A lot of football left to be played, including Georgia to beat LSU in in the SEC championship game. Georgia's got, what, Kentucky this week? and a revitalized Georgia Tech next week. So, uh, uh, you know, I, I, don't know. I, don't, I don't know if I would count anything right now until you finally see it on paper. But, yeah, Tennessee is the, is the team right now if TCU wins out. Got to remember TCU's out there undefeated and can have a pretty strong record, in my opinion, if it wins out, including uh, winning the uh, Big 12 championship game. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's so much up for grabs. Georgia seems the bona fide number one. Uh, Ohio State seems to bonafide number two. And the funny thing is, Michigan seems to bonafide number three. But, of course, one of those guys is going to lose next week. Uh, I think Ohio State has a better chance. If Ohio State was to lose that game and then Michigan get beaten in the Big Ten championship game, that would be an interesting conundrum for the committee. If there was a Man, you just yeah. left open in the Final Four. <laughs> you just bust out a real Rubik's Cube uh, right there. Yeah, as no, no, as you stated, a there's a million that's options. A yeah. That, yeah, that's called a triple pretzel. I mean, you can twist your brain on this until it falls out of your ears. And listen, we're up against it, my man. Time just flew by. Excellent breakdown in like 15 seconds. Who do you got in the game next week, Michigan or Ohio State? Well, I think Ohio State because the weather right now looks like it's going to be about 40 degrees, 38, 40 degrees to kick off. Um, wind, manageable wind, uh, not a lot of precipitation, uh, it looks like. I, I just think Ohio State's passing attack uh, has the ability to pull it out to pull that out for them and then uh, the fact that their defense is so much better than a year ago tim may follow him on twitter tim underscore may sports find him on on three.com letterman row tim thanks for your time my man it's always a pleasure my man see you next time sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com bp added more than 70 billion dollars to the u.s economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in california and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Oh, yeah. The Freeman at warning. Level three. Thanks to all of our guests uh, for joining us this evening. Quickest 180 minutes of Sports Talk Radio just uh, flew by uh, once again uh, tonight. We'll be back uh, tomorrow night at midnight uh, Eastern, 9 Pacific, 11 Central. Shout out to everybody uh, listening in Dallas, Fort Worth, 97.1 The Freak. 
it's funny. It seemed like on a weekly basis, everybody doubted TCU. And uh, now, this week, nobody's doubting them. But the number doesn't move. It does feel very, very sort of like tricky, this game. You know, Baylor would like nothing more than to derail TCU's playoff aspirations. But it's hard to get in front of Texas Christian right now. They've found ways to win different styles of football games, which is very impressive, similar to LSU. You know, you get into a track meet, all right. You want to get into a track meet, TC will beat you in a track meet. You want to get into a defensive battle, you saw what they did last week to the Longhorns. You know, they, you saw what they did uh, defensively to that Longhorn uh, offense. TCU's defense is better than people give them credit for. So, as much as I think that this game actually is somewhat of a tricky spot, I don't like to use the word trap, you know what I mean? Trap, whatever. Let, let's just call it, there's a ton of pressure on TCU, right? It's not a look ahead or flat spot or any of this stuff. It's just, no. You know, you're you're in the playoffs right now, and you can make it if you don't lose, right? This is like being on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire or something. And, you know, the questions, it's getting real. You got Regis Philbin sitting in front of you. And there's a million dollars on the line, baby, right? There's a lot at stake, but I'm going to be pulling the trigger with TCU. I like TCU on uh, Saturday. Well, tomorrow night, we're going to be really football heavy. Um, yeah, we, we talked a lot of soccer. We talked a lot of soccer this week, but rightfully so, the World Cup is set to begin. But I also knew that Friday night, it's going to be all football. We have Brent Beard breaking it down with us, as he does every Friday night. Rob Vino back in the rotation tomorrow night. Tony That's Finn, straight for the strip in Las Vegas, Nevada. And none of them know anything about the World Cup. Five, four. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts.